All righty then. That was uh, electric guitar, man. Was that I, what that was? I was playing air guitar. All right. Who's this? Who's this other voice here with me? This is me, Miss Capal. I have not heard you. The listeners have not heard you. I know, and I've missed everybody, but I was busy doing things. How many shows did I have to do by myself? Three? Oh, like you don't like it. I hate it. Oh, no, I can tell. I can tell in your voice that you love. I I hate it, man. I hate it. I have nothing to bounce off with. I have no one making faces at me, rolling their eyeballs. (laughs) I don't do that. Yeah, hitting me with a fly swatter. Okay, well. (laughs) I missed you, man. Oh, thank you. I missed you, too. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Great show today, Ms. Kapow, as soon as you give the date. Today's date is Monday, April 17th, 2017. Oh, man. It's a great show. We're going to talk about Enoch and the Son of Man. The first coming of the Son of Man, and then the second coming of the Son of Man. I will tell you this much. There is so much to the book of Enoch and to what we're going to talk about that there's just no way I can cover it, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. in an hour or whatever. But we're going to just cover some stuff, and it's going to be cool, and you're going to learn something. Because we have a ministry of comfort, Ms. Kapow. Okay. Yeah, we're comforting those. See, you were gone. But uh, Marcos and I, Marcos and I were talking via email, and uh, I said, it's kind of like, um, you know, the apocalyptic movies, you know? Mm, yes. Uh, you know, I think we see a couple of the Terminator or something, you know, and they're out there, and they're at war, and they think the whole world is destroyed, and they're the only ones by themselves, and they're trying to fight the robots, and then they get on this radio, they find a radio, right? Mm-hmm. And they go, and go, anybody else out there? Anybody else out there? And then finally they f- hear a faint voice. We're out here. You know, and they got another stronghold of humans fighting the robots, right? Right. And then, you know, this whole movie, you know, and they're trying to find each other. Well, Marcos and I were talking about that's the way it is in Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's all crazy. It's all apostate. All the churches are nuts. It's just crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But there's pockets of true biblical believers throughout the globe mm-hmm. or the flat earth. I don't want to offend anybody. And they're everywhere, and they're like following Yeshua and trying to follow biblical principles, and they're off the spiritual grid. They're not on the world anymore, mm-hmm. and they're not involved in religion, mm-hmm. but they're out there, and they're like, we need, you know, we need to, 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 to encourage one another and comfort one another and share our gifts with the ecclesia, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, they're doing well, I like stuff. that part, because then you have to really identify who the true Christians are. Yeah. Oh, yes. Because the true Christian, the, 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 the phony, the robot ones, don't have the radio. Mm-mm. They're not, you know, yeah, they're your enemies. And so you, you identify the true Christians and you go, hello, hello. So anyway, we we're talking about this. So what Marcos did is he created, you haven't heard it, Ms. Capel. He created a little vignette that goes in front of his show. Oh. Yeah. It goes in front of a show. And what it is, it's like this static radio, right? And then you hear the little Marcos voice Aww. from Brazil, the little Marcos voice saying, calling all Christians, calling all Christians. And I have heard that. Oh, you have? Yes. Oh, you heard it when you were walking, listening to yes, the Marquito show. I liked it. Well, that's, that's why that came about. So, oh. so we were talking about how this is like a, a ministry of comfort rather than, you know, like an evangelistic tool or something. Like Hopefully people would get saved listening to this stuff. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't. Hold my breath. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm That's cool. So really, we're kind of, you know, like we have a niche audience, a target audience of 
a few people around the globe or flat earth wouldn't want to offend anybody that might get this mm-hmm. right that's awesome isn't that awesome okay so and today as as we do this teaching we're going to play a a drinking game a drinking game get your get a glass of water get a glass of water or your favorite beverage uh diet coke whatever you know sprite mountain dew Glass apple of cider, apple vinegar. cider, vinegar, whatever. Get your favorite <laughs> beverage. And every time I go, uh, uh, take a drink. Oh, my bladder be full by then. Well, that's the whole thing. That's the whole fun <laughs> of the game. That's the whole fun of the game. Because at one point I used to be a pretty, see right there, I'm always screwing up. I used to be a pretty articulate speaker. I was, Miss Cabal. You know that. Well, you I still used, are. I used to do, no, I used to do a lot of public speaking and I did pretty good. And, uh, but. I, I turn into a buffoon. No. And I say, uh, 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 and you can tell, and I just struggle a lot. So every time I, and I listen to myself and That's I That's because your brain goes too fast. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you have all these thoughts yeah. and then it doesn't want to spew out of your mouth. So you struggle. So I struggle. Well, every time mm-hmm. I go, uh, take a drink of water, <laughs> get your bladder full. Now, if you're driving, you might have a, you might, you might have trouble finding the bathroom. Anyway. Okay, we all know about the Book of Enoch. I'm not going to go through big detail about this and all the stuff. I just want to, I just want to lay down the foundation of the translation that translation I'm going to be uh, talking out of. Uh, let's see. In 1773, the year 1773, there was a explorer, a traveler, a man named James Bruce, and he had obtained three copies of the Ethiopian text of Enoch. Mm-hmm. And it is, I don't know if you know this, Ms. Kapow, but it is written originally in a language called Jiez, G-E-E-Z, like G's, <laughs> Jiez. Yeah. Mm. And that's the only language that you can find the total books of Enoch in its totality. Everything else are fragments. Remember, the Dead Sea Scroll fragments weren't found until 1948. So, anyway, this traveler, James Bruce, found these, or got, obtained these three copies from the Ethiopian Orthodox Church of the Books mm. of Enoch. He took three copies. He gave one to um, uh, one museum, and then the other one to, you know, Oxford University or the British Museum. Somebody, I forget what. And then he kept one himself. Fifty years later, in 1821, a man named Richard Lawrence translated uh, the text, right? So that's in 1821, 50 years later. And I'm going to read all three of these translations for you that I'm talking about, just so you can get a gist of what's going on, all right? And then in 1906, um, and remember, the Dead Sea Scrolls haven't been found yet. 1906, a scholar. Now, Richard Lawrence was a scholar. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about scholarly translations. But Richard Lawrence used the one Ethiopian text, you know, to translate it. Mm-hmm. And then R.H. Charles came about in 1906, and he published a translation and a commentary. And that's the one we use. That's the one I would recommend. If you don't have the Book of Enoch, go on Amazon. Get the one translated by R.H. Charles. It's um, very scholarly work, and, uh, you know, it's like the best you can do for, you know, for what's out there. So he translated the, uh, the text using 23 Ethiopic manuscripts and all available resources at the time. 
So it's the best you can get at the time. It's, it was the Cadillac standard. All right. Mm-hmm. And then in 1978, and I do not have this copy, but um, I would like to get this copy, but I, I do have it online. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, there was an editor named Michael Nibb, K-N-I-B-B, K-N-I-B-B, 1978. And he, using the Dead Sea Scrolls and other fragments, and the Dead Sea Scrolls, you found fragments of Enoch in Aramaic and in Greek but no Hebrew, hmm. Aramaic and Greek, but no Hebrew, um, which is interesting that the, the original languages that the Orthodox Church had, uh, and they declare this stuff was handed down from the you know, very first you know, century of Christianity. They're claiming that was the original language, is, and that Aramaic and Hebrew were translated from that. You never know. Maybe it was an ancient uh, language that was used back then. I don't know. Uh, it's beyond my pay grade, Miss Kapow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, so in 1978, this Michael Nib had uh, done another translation, and it's what I've read of it. It's pretty good because it's you know more English sounding. Now he used the Dead Sea Scrolls and everything available and everything like that. The other thing I'm not going to read to you, but I do want to get. I don't have, and you can mark this down, Miss Kapow, for mm-hmm. for uh, my birthday. I would like the commentary by Matthew Black, and that was done in 1985. 1985, Commentary of Enoch by Matthew Black. And that's a scholarly, a scholarly work, so I would like that. And since then, in the year 2000 and stuff, there's been other scholarly works and stuff about that. So that's kind of the, the history and the, the lineage of the modern Book of Enoch. Uh, it's a huge thing. There's a lot of, there's the Enoch Conference. A lot of scholars go there and debate stuff and talk and blah, blah, blah. I love the Book of Enoch. Oh, yeah. When I first read it, I said, this is the New Testament. It reads just like the New Testament. Unbelievable. The deal is, the oldest copies, not original, copies go back to 300 years before Christ. So when you read this stuff that sounds so New Mm Testament-like about the Son of Man and about Christ, that it's amazing. It was the copies were 300 years before Christ. I think the book, the writing is much, much older than that. Even though I will admit, I mean, there's, there's problems. There's translation problems. There's all kinds of issues. It's not like the King James Bible or, you know, you have these, these scholars that have the original or at least older manuscripts and a lot of manuscripts of Hebrew text and things like that. All right. Mm-hmm. But it's like Ms. Kapow says, it's the spirit of it. It's what the Lord reveals to you in it. Right, Ms. Kapow? That's right. Okay. Did I lay down that foundation? Yes, I did. So everybody turn with me to the book of Enoch. We're going to go to, we are going to go to, 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 um, I don't know where we're going. We're going to chapter 42, verse 1. And what I want to do right now is lay down the prophecy of Enoch, and remember, even if you don't believe it's an ancient, ancient book written by Enoch himself, it handed to, to, um, to his son, Methuselah, who handed it to you know, his son, and then Noah has it, right? Enoch was the seventh from Adam, mm-hmm. right? Even if you don't believe all that's true, you have to recognize that it was 300 years before Christ was the oldest copies, so you have to recognize this kind of stuff. You also have to recognize 
that it was highly regarded among the early Christian church and is included in our canonical book of Jude, Jude 15. And once you read the book of Enoch, you see all over the New Testament, even the Old Testament, the spirit of Enoch and references to Enoch. Right. Is that true, Ms. Kamau? Mm-hmm. It's all over the place. You will see it. It's very, very um, prophetic for the coming of Christ. So, in 42.1, we're going to talk about wisdom. I'm going to read you three verses. I'm going to read to you first from Richard Lawrence's translation in 1821. All right? Mm -hmm. The very first translation in 1821. It may not make a lot of sense to you, but as I go on, it's going to make sense. He wrote, Wisdom found not a place on earth. And that's italicized. He added that. Wisdom found not a place on earth where she could inhabit. Her dwelling, therefore, is in heaven. Hmm. Wisdom went forth to dwell among the sons of men, but she obtained not a habitation. Wisdom returned to her place and seated herself in the midst of angels. Mm -hmm. But iniquity went forth after her return, who unwillingly found, and then in italics is a habitation, and resided among them as rain in the desert and as a do in a thirsty land. So that may not make a whole lot of sense. It makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially when it gets to the part, but iniquity went forth after her return. Um, mm-hmm. You make, what, what is that? What, you know, what does that mean? So that's the first, the very first translation. Now let me read to you. I'm not going to do this with all the text. I'm going to stick with Charles translation for everything else, but I just want to get the the gist of it. Mm -hmm. This is from Charles, R.H. Charles, translated in 1906 from 23 Ethiopic manuscripts and all available sources at the time. He translated this part, Wisdom found no place where she might dwell. Then a dwelling place was assigned her in the heavens. Wisdom went forth to make her dwelling among the children of men and found no dwelling place. Wisdom returned to her place and took her seat among the angels. And unrighteousness went forth from her chambers, whom she sought not, she found, and dwelt with them, as rain in a desert and dew on a thirsty land. All right? So when you uh, look at that, you understand that wisdom was a place in heaven, came to earth to dwell among us humans, and it didn't find a place here. Went back to heaven among the angels. Unrighteousness went forth from her chambers, not her dwelling place, but the place where she was supposed to be dwelling at, from earth. That's what I think. And then it says, whom she sought, not she found. And she dwelt with them. Just like rain in the desert and dew on a thirsty land. You're probably, you're probably going, what are you talking about? You're going to see it. This last translation is from Michael Nib. Michael Nib. It's from 1978. And it says, Wisdom went out in order to dwell among the sons of men, 
but did not find a dwelling. Wisdom returned to her place and took her seat in the midst of the angels. And iniquity came out from her chambers. Those whom she did not seek she found and dwelt among them like rain in the desert and like dew on the parched ground. All right? Mm -hmm. So that's it. That's the three translations of uh, chapter 42, verse 1, 2, and 3. Now, the, the early church, I believe, saw this as a prophetic word about the Messiah coming. Mm-hmm. As, as wisdom, the logos, what we know as Jesus Christ is the logos. So what, I'm gonna, what I want to say is this is true. Then the rest of the book of Enoch that talks about his second coming in judgment is also true. Even if we don't understand it or we don't quite get it, how it's going to look. Right. Now, you picture yourself in the first century, not having hindsight like we have now about Christ's first coming. And this wouldn't make a lot of sense unless the Holy Spirit had revealed it to you. Mm-hmm. And that's why Jesus says to Peter, blessed are you because man did not reveal it to you, who I am. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So let's look at wisdom being Jesus. Right. And you know, Colossians 2, 3 emphasizes that because it says, in whom, meaning Jesus, are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Very good. Goes right with it. Mm-hmm. So let's look at that wisdom. Let's look at that treasure, Ms. Kapow. All righty. And uh, you can start with Proverbs 8. Proverbs 8. 12 through 31. Okay, we go to Proverbs 8. 12 through 31, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Says all the words. Make sure that I'm running right. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that understands, and right to them that find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine, and sound wisdom I am understanding, I have strength. By me kings reign and princes decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there was no depth, I was brought forth, when there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world, 
When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth. When he established the clouds above. When he strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment. When he appointed the foundations of the earth. Then I was by him as one brought up with him. And I was daily his delight. Rejoicing always before him. Rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth. And my delights were with the sons of men. And while I talk, go to Proverbs 1, 20 through 33. Proverbs 1, 20 through 33. As you can see what Ms. Kapal just read, you're dealing with the persona of wisdom. Wisdom being from the beginning of the earth, the very beginning of the earth. And that's our Lord Jesus Christ. the, The New Testament John calls him the Logos. That's in Greek. It's translated in Greek, Logos. It, but it's the intelligence. It's the wisdom of God. That who, that's who Christ is. And this is what Proverbs is talking about. It's the same thing that ancient Enoch was saying, that wisdom came to dwell among men, but couldn't find that dwelling place. Okay, Ms. Capel. Okay, Proverbs 1, start at 20. Wisdom cries without. She utters her voice in the streets. She cries in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city, she utters her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity, and the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge? Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called, and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have set out not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity, and I will mock when your fear comes. When when your fear comes as desolation, and your destruction comes as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish comes upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel, they despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But also, but whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Okay. Now you can go to John 1, one in the New Testament. Even the early church father, Tertullian, identified wisdom as being Jesus. Like I said, in the New Testament, Jesus is called the Logos, or the Word. It's the intelligentsia of God. Okay. John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then we have John one fourteen. And while you find that, I just want to say the thinking of John was likely in the Aramaic or in the Hebrew, and later it was translated to Greek, logos. But the Hebrew word, which would have been translated logos, in the Greek would be the Hebrew word mimra. Mimra refers to the whole realm of thought, of wisdom. So John 
is teaching that Jesus is the one born in the flesh, the one of the Godhead who had been the original thinker and the planner mm. of this entire universe, of this entire thing. Is that amazing or yeah, what? Amazing. Amazing, right? So if that, that is the case that Enoch is referring to as wisdom and referring to Jesus Christ's first coming, then the rest of the book of Enoch that refers to his second coming really should be heeded. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. Okay. John 1.14 says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now that goes right with that. What you just read mm-hmm. goes right with, and wisdom went out in order to dwell with the sons of men. Mm-hmm. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, right? We saw him. Right. Now, John one eleven. turn to that. And then you're going to see where Enoch says, but did not find a dwelling. Mm-hmm. And so wisdom returned to her place and took her seat in the midst of the angels. John one eleven. he came unto his own. And his own received him not. And we all know the story. We all know that he was betrayed and crucified and returned mm-hmm. to his place. And when he left, there was darkness. There was all kinds of iniquity that came out of the place where she should, he should have been. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But yet those whom she did not seek, she found and dwelt among them. Just like rain in the desert and like dew on the parched ground. Who who are who are those whom wisdom did not seek? The Gentiles? The Gentiles. It's us. Mm-hmm. It's you and I. It's it's the listeners. You see, the nation of Israel, God's chosen people that were chosen to represent him on earth in those days, had rejected their Messiah. Now we're in the age of the Gentiles. Enoch prophesied that. Enoch wrote that at the very least 300 years before its occurrence. Mm. I think that's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. All right? So Israel had sinned. It rejected the Messiah. Those that wisdom did not seek in his first coming, they're us. It's the Gentiles. It's what I refer to as the ecclesia, the called out ones, who we accept Jesus after Israel had rejected him. Mm-hmm. If you'll look at Romans 10, 19, and 20, it'll talk about this. It'll talk about Israel knowing. Israel knowing because Moses told them that there would be another people. A foolish nation, which means, you know, someone who wasn't chosen to represent God. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Yeah, will you read that? Here, Romans ten nineteen. Yes, uh, and 20. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are not my, not, that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. Wow. Go, let's go back to, to Enoch. 
Those whom she did not seek, she found and dwelt among them like rain in the desert and like dew on the parched ground. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear this is a prophetic utterance regarding the Messiah. How about Isaiah 65, 1 through 2? It's probably where Paul based this Romans 10, 19, and 20 on. Isaiah 65, 1 and 2. Because Isaiah, speaking in behalf of God, talks about this. Okay, Isaiah 65, 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. I am sought of them that asked me, ask not for me. I am found of them that sought me not. I said, behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people, which walketh in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. Wow. Wow. That sounds like Enoch. Mm -hmm. Okay. And finally, because the people knew, Israel knew a, a Messiah was to come someday. Adam and Eve received the very first prophecy of that person who was to come, the one to come. Seven generations before Enoch, it was already revealed. And that's in Genesis 3.15. It's the promised seed of the woman. It was expected. Yet by the time Jesus did come, most people expected a Messiah that would uh, come as a ruler. Their ideas of a Messiah's first coming was like our concept of the Messiah's second coming. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. There it is. There it is. But see, it's, it's easy to sit here, you know, in the 20th century, and go, how could they not see it? It was right there. It, it's, it would have been easy to miss mm-hmm. had the Holy Spirit not revealed it to you. But that's key. Yes. It's the Holy Spirit that opens our eyes and gives us that understanding. Yes. Not our intellect, Mm-mm. not our great learning, not our scholarly approach, not our education, because there's a lot of education, educated fools out there. That's right. The Holy Spirit has to reveal it to you, that truth. And the Messiah was revealed to those whom he was going to reveal himself to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, even the, look at the Apostle Paul, look at Saul of Tarsus. That guy did not get it. Mm-hmm. He didn't get it. Mm-hmm. In fact, he went and persecuted this heretic sect out of Judaism that was called the way. That's right. And drug him out of their houses and and more than likely was the one standing there when Stephen got stoned. Mm-hmm. And they approved of it. And look how the Holy Spirit knocked him off the donkey and how Christ had to reveal himself to Paul, change him around, and then he presented that gospel message to us, the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. You see, he, as learned as Paul was as a rabbi, he couldn't get it. Mm-mm. So it's easy to sit back and go, how could you, you know, how could they miss the Messiah? It's easy to do. So if it's easy to miss the first time, will it be easy to miss the second time? Right. Yes. There are those running around today so concerned, so bogged down with the cares of the world and being worldly and being fleshly. And they say to themselves, once saved, always saved. That's right. Once saved, always saved. I can say a little prayer. I can believe in Jesus. I can go to church on Sunday. I can do these things. 
but I can still live and practice in sin Mm -hmm. because they don't think that repentance of sin and not sinning, they don't, they believe that's a work. Mm -hmm. And so by them not sinning, it's a work and I don't get salvation through my works. Mm -hmm. Wrong. That's right. Wrong. So would it be easy for those people? Would it be easy for those people to possibly miss the second coming oh, definitely. of Christ? Mm-hmm. If Israel could miss the first coming and not recognize his visitation, oh, we can miss the second one too. Mm-hmm. Easily. Very much. Take heed. Mm-hmm. Well, in the Bible, there's a lot of take heeds, isn't there? A lot of take heeds. We yeah. should do a drinking game with take heeds. Yeah. <laughs> Get a glass of water. Be ready to go to the bathroom, do a lot of drinking every time you read Take Heed. Right? That's right. How many times have I said, oh, yet? I haven't been paying attention to your Oz. Okay. Let's see. Now, now, the Israelites at that time, uh, they didn't want one to be sent, you know, from the Godhead or any perfect, any more than... You know, David had been perfect. They wanted a, a Messiah that would deliver them from the oppressors, right? Mm-hmm. From from their the regular the regular um, Messiah that 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 God would raise up in times past mm-hmm. to deliver them. And now we're, they're under Roman rule right now. They they have not been um, their own nation since the Babylonian captivity. Mm-hmm. So here comes Jesus in humility, riding the foal of a donkey. You know, that's not what they're looking for. No. Now, so, like I said, you, you, we have to recognize that the Book of Enoch, oldest copies date back to 300 B.C., would have that common viewpoint of the Messiah had it been a counterfeit by someone of that day. It also would have looked at the Messiah as someone military. Right. Right? hmm So, when we read Enoch's description of the Messiah, we find it to be accurate. We think this is what sparked the interest in the book of Enoch in the days of the early church. Jude quoted from it. The early church talked of it. You can read it all through the New Testament. Once you read Enoch, you can see it all through the New Testament Mm -hmm. and the Old Testament, really. You can Mm -hmm. see Christ's teaching out of it. Peter refers to truths taught in it. The early church found the prophecy of the Messiah to be accurate, unlike all the teaching of their day. And the Jews later ignored the book of Enoch because the early church had grasped it as great evidence of the Messiahship of Jesus Christ. That's one reason. The other reason, the Jews rejected the book of Enoch and didn't put it in their canon, was because um, the book contained the teaching about the fallen angels Mm. and the watchers. And one of the early church fathers, uh, was it Tertullian? No, Justin Martyr. Justin Martyr. One of the early church fathers was in a debate with one of the Jewish rabbis who told him, who wrote to him and said, basically, your teaching is nonsense that the holy angels of God would rebel against him. Mm. And because of that teaching, they rejected the book of Enoch. Where does that come from? Satan. Exactly. If you don't believe that Satan was a rebellious angel, how could you possibly believe in the Torah? Just saying. 
Right. Let's repress it, right? Mm-hmm. Let's repress it. Enoch's prophecy is accurate, void of the misconceptions that were prevalent in the days when some of the sects of Judaism were writing counterfeit books. And this provides great evidence supporting the book of Enoch as being authentic. And I agree that the spirit behind Enoch is absolutely authentic. In the book of Enoch, Jesus is referred to by a number of different names and titles. One, Son of Man. We're going to talk about that today. Son of Man. Two, Chosen One. Three, Righteous and Holy One. Four, Wisdom. We talked about that. Five, Plan of Righteousness. Six, Messiah. Seven, the white bull. And mm. eight, the perfect, perfect one. Mm. All right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's take a short break, and then we will continue with the second coming of Christ, Enoch and the Son of Man. Cool. Cool. Welcome to the Remnant Resistance. Welcome to Welcome the Remnant Resistance. 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 Resisting and fighting the enemies of God. You are listening to the What? And Kapow stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. You can hear all the shows on archive anytime or as an iTunes download. Our topics include the paranormal, the supernatural, and spiritual warfare. The Kapow Radio Show is sponsored by Fiftook Media. Visit fiftookmedia.com to see our ebooks about spiritual warfare. That's F I F T H O O K media.com. We are glad you joined the resistance. Welcome back to the things that you once believed in. Welcome back to what you knew was right from the start. We are back. Welcome back. To the things you once believed in, to the things you knew were right, right from the start. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful song by uh, Chuck Gerard and Love Song. Welcome yeah. back. Probably 1978 or something like that. Oh, Welcome that's a long time ago. back. That was a long time ago, Mr. Powell. wasn't even born yet. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't even born yet. Mm. Wasn't even born yet. I'm only 13 years old. Hey, listen, I, um, you know... You you told me that you wanted the commentary on Enoch from Matthew Black. I'm excited about it. I can't wait for my birthday. You're going to wrap it up and everything? Well, oh. I was going to get it for you earlier oh, on okay. your birthday. Cool, you know cool. What I mean? Yeah, yeah. Dig it. So I went to Amazon, mm-hmm. and there is one copy of this book left. Well, let's get it. Let's, well, let's, what? I would, but I need to take a collection because it's $19,496.36. Uh, 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 yes. $19,496.36. And that's the only one that's available. Wow. That I could find on Amazon. Wow. That makes me highly suspicious that that text and commentary is to be buried mm-hmm. so that no one could have access to it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So... <clears throat> I want to get it for you. <laughs> well, but you know what? You can get the shack for nine ninety nine. Oh my lord, nineteen grand. Yep. Wow. Well and I it's guess used. Oh my lord. This isn't even like you're you're getting the ancient Ethiopian text, uh, you know. Mm mm. Oh my lord. 
Wow. That's amazing. That that's that makes me really highly suspicious. Yeah. In this world. So it really does. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I won't be reading that anytime soon, folks. I'm sure you, we can get it on PDF, but yeah, it would have been nicer for to be in a book. But I don't know. I mean, the commentary you probably can't. You probably can't get it anywhere. Probably not. You know, especially if the book is selling for nineteen grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they buried it. They buried it where anybody who's not a scholar, anybody who don't have access, is not going to get it. Simple as that. <clears throat> they don't want this. They don't want this info out. But Kapow is going to do the best they can to put it out. What mm-hmm. we know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Reading from R.H. Charles Translation, chapter 45. Now, this is the second part we want to talk about, Enoch and the Son of Man. So we just talked about the first coming of the Son of Man. So let's talk about the second coming of the Son of Man. Like I said, there's a bunch of stuff in the books of Enoch, a bunch of things about the judgment and the second coming. This is just some of it. This is just a piece. So this is, I'm just going to give you a piece here. Um. And I'll, I'll read this. And this is the second parable concerning those who deny the name of the dwelling of the holy ones and the Lord of spirits. And into the heaven they shall not ascend, and on the earth they shall not come. Such shall be the lot of the sinners who have denied the name of the Lord of the spirits, who are thus preserved for the day of suffering and tribulation. Mm. On that day, mine elect one will sit on the throne of glory and shall try their works. It's not the works of the sinners he's trying. He's trying the works of the holy ones, of you, the raptured or resurrected saints. Mm -hmm. On that day, mine elect one, that's Christ, will sit on his throne of glory and shall try your works, Kapow listeners, your works. And their places of rest shall be innumerable. What does the Bible say about, hey, I'll go to prepare a place for you. Mm -hmm. There are many dwelling places there. And their souls shall grow strong within them when they see mine elect ones. Excuse me. And those who have called upon my glorious name, then I will cause mine elect one, that's Christ, to dwell among them. Mm. And I will transform the heaven and make it an eternal blessing and light, and I will transform the earth and make it a blessing, and I will cause mine elect ones to dwell upon it. Think about Revelation 5, 9, a renovated earth, a new heaven, a new earth. Revelation 21, 27, you know, where we're, we're no liar or dog or mm-hmm. witch, a cult practicer shall enter the kingdom. Right. Uh, so Enoch goes on, but the sinners and evildoers shall not set foot thereon. For I have provided and satisfied with peace my righteous ones and have caused them to dwell before me. Oh, praise the Lord. Beautiful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But the sinners, there is judgment impending with me so that I shall destroy them from the face of the earth. That's not good for sinners, is it? Um, so right there, Ms. Kapow, you have some scriptures. And this part here is referring to that judgment of nations. And that judgment of nations is the judge is going to be Christ, the chosen one who's going to sit on the throne of glory. That's found in Matthew 25, 31 through 46. And there it shows a separation of the sheep and the goats, the nation. 
and nations. And here we see um, Christ judging uh, those those people, mm-hmm. and we also see the the outcome of those who deny the name of the dwelling of the holy ones and the Lord of Spirits. Mm-hmm. I love that that title, by the way, Lord of Spirits. In fact, that song I wrote uh, years ago with Kilson. Mm-hmm. Um, I use that Lord, the term Lord of Spirits in it. And I think I am the only musician ever that I know of to actually use an Enochian phrase and concept in a song. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I sold two of them. Anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> but the, the Lord got, I, I was praising the Lord with it. Yeah. And that's the, that's the important thing. That's, that's that. Okay, Matthew 25, Mm -hmm. starting with verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? And when saw we thee the sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of these least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they answer, also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hungered, a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Yeah. And many, you know, will say, Lord, Lord, we cast it out in your name. We did this in your name. There's a lot of people out there using the name of Jesus. Yes. They're doing Bill Johnson's church, you know, um, those, those crazy weirdos are going out in the street and laying hands on people and imparting this Kundalini spirit on them in the name of Jesus. Just because someone uses the name of Jesus and does stuff. It doesn't make them no. a Christian. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. <clears throat> Take heed folks. It's, this is really perilous times. It's always been perilous times, but the deception is so, so sharp. Yeah. You really, that's true. you really have to, man, you have to question everything and, and just really have that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to go sideways, you know, and get wrapped up in something. Okay, let's move on here. Um, we're going to talk about the Son of Man, the Head of Days and the Son of Man. 
and then we're going to use a bunch of scriptures to talk about this. Um, Enoch, chapter 40, uh, whatever. 45? Yeah, 46. Oh, I mean, chapter 46. Okay. And there I saw one who had a head of days, and his head was white like wool, and with him was another being whose countenance had the appearance of a man, and his face was full of graciousness like one of the holy angels. And I asked the angel who went with me and showed me all the hidden things concerning that son of man, mm. who he was and whence he was and why he went with the head of days. And he answered and said unto me, this is the son of man who hath righteousness with whom dwelleth righteousness and who revealeth all the treasures of that which is hidden because the Lord of spirits hath chosen him and those in whose lot hath the preeminence before the Lord of spirits in uprightness forever. And this son of man whom thou hast seen shall raise up the kings and the mighty from their seats and the strong from their thrones and shall loosen the reins of the strong. That means they'll poop their pants and break the teeth of the sinners. And he shall put down the kings from their thrones and kingdoms because they do not extol and praise him nor humbly acknowledge whence the kingdom was bestowed upon them and he shall put down the countenance of the strong and shall fill them with shame and darkness shall be their dwelling and worms shall be their bed and they shall have no hope of rising from their beds. No resurrection. Because they do not extol the name of the Lord of spirits. And these are they who judge the stars of heaven and raise their hands against the Most High and tread upon the earth and dwell upon it, and all their deeds manifest unrighteousness, and their power rests upon their riches, and their faith is in the gods which they have made with their own hands. And they deny the name of the Lord of spirits, Mm. and they persecute the houses of his congregations, and the faithful who hang upon the name of the Lord of spirits. Mm. All right? There's a lot there, but what he's talking about is these fallen angels. He's talking about, these are the kings of the earth. These are the ones with the kingdoms. These are the, 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 the spiritual powers that God has allowed like Nebuchadnezzar to become the head of gold and to be the leaders. These are the shepherds of mankind. These are the ones who refuse to acknowledge God. They, they rely on their riches. But I love that very last verse where it says, and they persecute the houses of his congregation. Who's that? The Ecclesia. Mm-hmm. And the faithful. Who's that? That's you who hang upon the name of the Lord of Spirits. You're going to be persecuted mm-hmm. right there in Enoch. 300 years before Christ is the oldest copies, and it's talking about the Son of Man. Who used that term of about himself? Christ called himself the Son of Man. Mm-hmm. Wow! And you know when uh, we were doing this study, I went through Ezekiel mm-hmm. and I looked up all the phrases that said "Son of Man," and it's—I mean, there's numerous ones, but it's really amazing, and it really does shine light on this Enochian uh, document. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Amazing. If you will look up Daniel 7, 9, mm-hmm. because this goes with the head of days. In Enoch, he says, I saw the head of days, and his head was as white as wool. 
But then he sees Christ, who has a face like a man, but full of grace, like the angels. Daniel 7, 9 says, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. And right there, in that portion of Daniel, he's talking about the judgment. And this is where God sits down, and that that one that looks like um, a son of man comes to him. Daniel's saying the same thing as Enoch. It's it's amazing how these things go hand in hand. Mm. It's the same spirit. Read Daniel 7, 13 and 14 while you're there. And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion, and glory, and a kingdom, that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. Wow. That's exciting. Isn't that something? Yeah. And here's Enoch prophesying that, or God's prophesying, telling Enoch to scribe this down. This This is it. This is the history of mankind, right? So Enoch sees Jesus as the son of man. The vision of the, the future, Jesus is receiving worship as he is before God. Uh, Enoch's going, who is, who is this um, man? You know, who is this person who looks like a man in the presence of God? He couldn't understand it. Even the Jewish concept could, uh, would call for a stoning of anyone who worshipped anyone other than God later on. Uh, what startles Enoch even more is the fact that the one being worshipped is the son of man. His original language shows this to mean a descendant of Adam. So Enoch questions and learns that the Son of Man is the chosen one. Jesus was the one chosen to come to earth and become the seed of woman, a descendant of Adam and Eve. You get it? Mm -hmm. Wow. He was to be the God-man who would live and die as a man, yet still resume his glory as one of the divine trinity. Wow. Wow. He would... um, Jesus would later come uh this jewish concept could not picture such a messiah like this but enoch only being the seventh generation from adam did see it he was shown that and um ooh i just said um take a drink of water <laughs> enoch 49 1 through 4 reveals who this chosen one the son of man is for the wise son of man has been poured out like water i'm reading from enoch and his glory will never cease poured out like water Dude, that's, that's the crucifixion. Mm. He is the perfect one, and sin will not be able to remain in his presence. The chosen one is equal to the Lord of spirits, and his glory is eternal. In him dwells the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, and the spirit of knowledge and power, and the spirit of those who have died, meaning those who have died in Christ, spirit of the resurrection. Who's the first fruits? Christ is. He will someday judge all the secrets of man, and no one will be able to challenge his word, for the Lord of Spirits is in unity and in agreement with the Chosen One. You know, you're reading, and I can think of scripture after scripture after scripture, and it just sounds so I know biblical. Yes, that you can back all of this up mm-hmm. in Enoch, you know? So there's so many concepts here. It's just... Um, these concepts would have been completely foreign to people in Jesus's day for, you know, Enoch sees Jesus as perfect, equal to God, eternal, the judge of all. 
in complete unity with God, totally foreign. You know, it had to be revealed by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's no wonder that the early church quickly claimed this book of Enoch. It validated the teachings of Jesus, right? Right. Um, it's, if you notice that this teaching is within the, the section that talks about the rejectors. It's in the section, the second teaching, it's to and about the rejectors of the Lord of Spirits, mm. which is the biggest, the most crucial error of rejection that was to come. That was the rejection of Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And it went on then, and it's going on today. Yeah. Mm. Take heed. Wow. Heavy, 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 heavy stuff. Before we, um, you know, we may or may not move in because we were going to talk about grace, but there's a lot more stuff. I, I, I just feel like we need to go to Daniel. Okay. Uh, Daniel 2, because we need to talk about the end of the world here okay. with Enoch, because we're right here in Daniel talking about the head of days. Enoch says, there I saw the head of days. His head was white as wool. With him was another, a son of man came. Judgment. Now, mm-hmm. you have Daniel. Yes, I do. All Daniel right. 2, 28 through 45. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is, uh, this is um, um, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he couldn't interpret it. He was going to kill all the wise guys because they couldn't interpret it. And Daniel was able to interpret not, not only the dream, but what Nebuchadnezzar dreamt. Yeah. Nowhere in history had that been done. Mm-mm. That's amazing. And that was through the revealer of secrets. That's God. The Lord of Spirits. Okay, Daniel 2, starting in verse 28. But there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets and makes known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and thy visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed. What should come to pass hereafter? And he that reveals secrets makes known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for the sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king. And that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut, out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together, and became like the chafe of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof, before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings. For the God of heaven has given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, 
and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaks in pieces and subdues all things, and as iron that breaks all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of it of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. But they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. There it is. It's, you notice it starts off the head of days. It's, it's judgment. What I want to point out to you is that Nebuchadnezzar sees this big statue. He, it's, fortunately, we have the interpretation right here. He is the head of gold. God gives all these, these, these rulers, he gives them their kingdoms and lets them do what they got to do. And just, and it's scribed. It is scribed. It's written down how they handle. It's all scribed how how we how we live and every word we say, every idle word we say, mm-hmm. and the works we do. It's important. And Nebuchadnezzar was the head of gold. He was like the best. He was the bomb. These these are leaders and kings that we know nothing of. We've yeah. never seen anything like this. All we have today is the fourth kingdom junk mixed with miry clay. We have a bunch of crap is what we have. Mm-hmm. But these guys were real. These, these guys were the real deal. These were some bad dudes. And the second the second one was... You have Medo, uh, Medo, Medo Persia right. coming. You you have that second king. They're silver. They're a little inferior. They're still bad. They're still good, but they're you know what I mean. But mm-hmm. they're a little more inferior. And then you have Greece. You have the brass. They, you know that takes the the belly and the and the thighs. And they're a little less. You know, um, in my opinion, Alexander the Great was the last god hybrid king. You know. That we have yeah, really I, is, I agree. you know, really is. And um, I mean, no one else since him has ruled the entire earth. Mm-mm. No one, not, not one person like that. Alexander the Great. And then after that, you have this fourth kingdom. And this fourth kingdom is also talked about in Daniel, I believe, 11 and 12, where it, uh, it, it's, it, Daniel's fascinated by it because it doesn't look like anything else. It looks totally different. And it is Rome. It is the new Rome. It is the ten toes. But what makes it look different? It's a it's a very nasty beast that just you know devours everything in its path, and it's just iron, you know, hardcore. But what makes it so weird is that it's mixed. They mix their seed with men, so it's weak. It's uh, weird. It's and I keep saying this. I keep preaching this. I'm talking about. You know, if you want to call them aliens, you want to call them UFOs, you want to call them fallen aid, whatever you want to call them, 
you know, demonic spirits. It's mixed with seed. It's, it, there's a bunch of hybrid. There's a bunch of zombies living today. That's how you know you're in the last days. That's a big sign. Mm-hmm. You know, not only the apostasy of Christianity or apostasy, apostasy from the Lord of Spirits, which is a huge sign not to be ignored. That's a huge sign. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul writes to, 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 the, to the church, Thessalonica, I mean, that, uh, you know, that day of the Lord won't come until there's a great falling away, the great apostasy. We're there. Right. Right, right. We're, we've been in it. We're there, and it just keeps worse and worse. Uh, that's a big sign. And the other sign is this mixing, this, this zombification of the human genome. And this is what we're experiencing. And so this is that last kingdom, and this is, what's, this is why we're living in the very last throes of the last times. And when this, this fourth kingdom finally is the iniquities all filled up, a great stone, that's Jesus Christ, not made with hands, it's not human, yeah. comes, hits the feet, and it all comes crashing down. All the kings of the earth, past, present, from, from Nebuchadnezzar, it all comes down, and then that stone becomes a big rock, and that's the kingdom of God. And that's mm-hmm. something we, we haven't seen yet, so we don't know what that looks like until we get there. Right. But we do have hindsight of what this other stuff looks like, and that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And Enoch is prophesying this uh, or writing it down, what God gave him, thousands and thousands of years ago. Yeah. I think that's pretty important. It's pretty amazing, <sighs> really. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, we're there today, folks. That's why it's important. That's why Enoch, the book of Enoch is important for today. Maybe it wasn't that important 100 years ago. You know, or 50 years ago, maybe people weren't that interested in it. It wasn't that. But today it's very important because it tells you exactly what's going on. It's the whole history of mankind laid out. If the the spirit will be kind enough to give you interpretation of it. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, we're at the hour mark, Ms. Kapow. Should we continue and talk about grace or not? There's a lot of scriptures. Maybe I can help you out. You do one and I'll do one. Sure. Because I got some of them in front of me. Where are we starting? Um, we will start with, um, uh, see, I said, uh, it's a big, uh, <laughs> we'll start with how Jesus is the precious mystery of the Lord. Okay. Because in Enoch 46, three. It says, this is the Son of Man, the righteous and sinless one. He will reveal the precious mystery of the Lord. Right? Okay. So. Shall we start with Revelation 10, 7 then? Let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. Uh, Revelation 10, 7 says, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he has declared to his servants. The prophet. And that's also when time is gone. Yes. Right? Yes. So we have to ask, what is the mystery of God? Enoch was told what was a mystery, and the Bible often tells us more about the mystery. Mm-hmm. The mystery of God that is referred to is the dispensation of grace. And you can look at all the passages that mention it elsewhere in the Bible. Once again, let me, let me go back to Enoch 46.3. He says, and he answered me, this is the son of man, the righteous and sinless one, he will reveal the precious mystery of the Lord. So let's look at what the precious mystery of the Lord is. We're in the last days. We need to understand this. So are you going to 1 Timothy 3.16? Yes, I have it. 
and then I will I will hit Romans, and then after that you hit Ephesians. Okay. How's that? Okay. Okay. First um, Timothy three sixteen says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, and believed on in the world, received up into glory. Okay, that's the great mystery. It's uh, of godliness. God was mm-hmm. manifested in the flesh. God came down the flesh. Um, I'm going to do just a, paraf- uh, a quick thing of Romans 16. Well, you go to Ephesians 6, 19. Mm-hmm. Romans 16, 25, 26. The mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest, made known to all nations for obedience of faith. Okay, mm-hmm. that's okay. Christ. 619, um, Ephesians 619 mm-hmm. says, and for me, the utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. The mystery of the gospel. Okay, I'll do uh, Colossians and you do Romans 1125. 11-25, the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Get it? Mm-hmm. That's the wisdom that came to earth that dwells among those who he did not seek. Wow. Okay. Okay. Romans eleven twenty five. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Get it? We're in the age of the Gentiles. See, Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the end of the Gentiles. That's us. That's where we're at. It's coming to an end. There's nothing else after this as far as worldly kingdoms. Woohoo! Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I will do Ephesians. You do 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one. Okay. Okay. Ephesians 1, 5 through 10, having predestined us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ unto himself, in whom we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to do 51 through 52 to get the complete thought here. Okay. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Praise God. Wow, amazing. So what we have to understand is that after Revelation... um, when this this angel stands up and says, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, Revelation 10, 7, when he shall begin to sound, begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished mm-hmm. as he declared unto his servants, the prophets. Who's one of those prophets? Enoch. We just talked about that. Mm-hmm. So after this time of when the mystery of God is finished in Revelation ten seven, guess what? No one else will be saved. 
No one else can be saved to become part of the saints, for the mystery of God is finished. we just shown you in Scripture what the mystery of God is, right? Mm -hmm. This means that the end of the day of grace has come. Folks, Mm. ouch, where are we today? Dude, we are close. Dude, you don't want that door to close. Mm -mm. No, dear God. I'm serious. You know, whoever's listening, if you need this, I mean, if you are just like riding the fence and you're still involved in the world and hey, maybe you went out there yesterday and, you know, hunted Easter eggs like a fool, you know, pagan Easter or something. You got to get it together. You know, I it, yeah, it's not by works, it's not by works, but you're not once saved, always saved. You do, you do have to display the character of Christ. You, you, that works, faith without works is dead. Yeah, and, and walking in faith is being led of the Spirit. Yes. And so we have to walk in faith, because that's the only way that we can please God, is by walking in faith. And there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who... Walk after the Spirit. Walk after the Spirit. For some reason, a lot of people forget that last part. All right? Now, I'm going to do, uh, since I'm in Corinthians already, I'm going to go ahead and go to chapter 2, 6 through 8. Okay. Uh, it says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, Mm -hmm. which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So this thing, this mystery, is is called grace. It's, It's the mystery to Enoch, to the Old Testament, to us in the New Testament period, and even up till the middle times of the seven-year tribulation, it's still a mystery, okay? Mm-hmm. It's a mystery. We don't know when it's going to end, when that door's going to close. I mean, sometimes I think it's already closed, but I don't live in China or, you know, Iran or whatever, where, you know, there's probably real biblical Christianity still occurring. I live in the West, in the United States, where there is no biblical Christianity or very little of it, and they're just their individual pockets. But why is this a, ministry, a mystery? Why haven't people yet figured it out? Grace is so abundant. It's so magnificent. It's so unmerited. And yet it is so infinitely, boundlessly, immensely, unspeakably, inconceivably, and unsearchably given to those who repent of their sins. That's the key. You mm-hmm. get to repent, man. We have not fathomed the grace of God. Mankind has no possible way to understand that. Mm-hmm. You have to repent. Yeah, now the gospel is just, oh, just receive Christ. Yes. But there's no repentance. Even the devils believe and tremble. Mm-hmm. You say you believe that? That's nothing. Can't just say a little, I believe. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. You can't. You got to repent. You got to quit. There's a, there's a purpose why you're here. Mm-hmm. You know? There's a purpose why you're here. And that's to do the will of the Father. How are you going to do the will of the Father unless you know how to listen to him? And you can't do that. You're wrapped up in the world. Right. Titus 3, uh, 4 through 7. But after that, the kindness of the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which is shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That's grace. Uh, look at Romans 5.15, and I'll do Romans 5.2. Uh, 
by whom also we have, we have access by faith unto this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Right? Mm-hmm. Did you say 515? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Romans 515 says, But not as the offense, so also the free gift. For if through the offense of many be dead, much more the grace of God, and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And I'll read Hebrews 4.16, and you do First Peter 4.10. Okay. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Grace is the remedy for all our sins. It's the remedy for all our sufferings. It is the greatest gift possible, providing forgiveness, acceptance, salvation, restoration, reward, eternal life, and peace. And what do we do with this grace? We're made not only recipients of such, but we or to manage such grace, bestowing it onto others. Mm-hmm. There's a purpose here. Okay, First Peter 4.10. 1 Peter 4.10. As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Because grace is abundant, is it not? Mm-hmm. It is a mystery to all of us in its inexhaustibility for the most sinful of mankind, but it's there for us. Mm-hmm. Amen. First John 3.1. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Oh, and that takes us full circle, doesn't it? Doesn't it? That takes us back to the wisdom, right, that came to earth. Mm -hmm. That didn't have a place here. Yeah. Wow. Praise the Lord. Wow. Okay. So I'll end with 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 8. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, yet not the hidden wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, which is stupidity, right? Mm -hmm. That come to nothing or not. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Through who, folks? Through the Son of Man which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Mm. That's the mystery, and that's what we're a part of. It's huge. Let's not trample it, right? Mm -hmm. Let's not um, crucify Christ afresh, right? What does the Bible say that if you had once known and tasted of the glories of God and then turned back, and, and reject it and trample it? It would have been better for you not to have known. Yeah, there's no more repentance mm-hmm. because you've already accessed that repentance and then you rejected it and trampled it. There's nowhere else to go. Mm-mm. I don't make it up. That's the word of God. Right. There's no once saved, always saved. That is a lie, folks. That is a lie. Don't believe anybody who preaches that. Yeah. That is a lie. Exactly. Yet the mystery of God, what we just shown you in all those scriptures and what Enoch talked about, that's anything but cheap. It's Mm -mm. glorious. It's marvelous. It's incredible. Since the foundations of the earth, it's been this mystery. Mm -hmm. It's not cheap. Man. Folks, I'm I'm serious. It just, my heart is, uh, I mean, it's like, 
we're just at, we're at that time. Mm -hmm. We're at that time. There's weird stuff going on. Mm -hmm. We're at that time. And, um, it just, there's no more messing around. No. I don't know when that window closes. I don't know when that seventh trumpet begins to sound. Mm -mm. But when it does, the mysteries of God are finished. Right. You're either on the bus or you're not. That's right. I know. And God has been calling out. Wisdom has been calling out. Come, come, come. 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 And so many people have rejected. And so when the time comes when there is no more wisdom and you're going to try to seek wisdom, God's, God's salvation, mm -hmm. it's not going to be there for you. Mm -mm. Man, that's a horrible black mm -hmm. day. That's a day of darkness and of clouds. You don't want to hear the Lord tell you to depart from me. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. We say this in love and we say this in truth. This is what the scriptures say. Okay. Mr. Cal, let's say goodnight. Tell me.